Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on transforming your organization and how you lead. Our guest today, I'm very delighted to say, is Rainy Busby. Rainy's a seasoned leader and entrepreneur who has spent her career working with businesses and organizations of various sizes and across many industries to achieve and sustain organizational excellence. She brings unique, innovative solutions to her clients while leveraging their expertise in business management, operations, systems, and people strategy. She also leverages a powerful yet simple business management system called Entrepreneurial Organizational System, or EOS, which builds a solid foundation necessary to grow a successful business. So the goal of this radio show is to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that will prepare them to lead their organizations in the dynamic times that we are currently facing. The more highly effective leaders we have, the better the journey. Also, I want to invite our global audiences to find ways to work together peacefully and effectively across borders and boundaries as we are finding that most of us are in fact global leaders whether or not we see ourselves in that role. In addition to sharing models and experiences, I invite you to find one thing from each weekly segment that you can put into practice in your leadership. Think about when was the last time you changed your leadership operating system or behavior and the way you think about how you lead. My goal with this show is for leaders to stay current, and we stay current by continuing to update our leadership thoughts and behaviors, as well as the things we are leading. So the goal of this show is to discuss the entrepreneurial operating system and how this approach can support entrepreneurial success. So, Rainey, thank you so much for joining the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Excited to be on. So let's start with typical frustrations that entrepreneurs have. How did you start working with the EOS? So I am a, um, I've always been a a participant in CEO roundtables. And uh, one of them that I participate in is called Vistage, which is worldwide. And that's where I was first introduced to a book called Traction, and it was written by Gino Wickman. And Traction is sort of a textbook on the model of the entrepreneurial operating system. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for about 15 years and was already using a similar model that I developed. And when I found this model, it just was a perfect fit. And now I have a uh, a nice uh, group of fellow implementers, which is what I'm referred to as, about 250 plus around the world to work with companies to help them 
implement this model, teach them how to use it. So I'm a facilitator, an educator, and a business advisor. So what are the typical frustrations of an entrepreneur? And for all of those who are entrepreneurs on the call, you know what these are. So just a quick hit for what what have you seen? Sure. So um, whether this applies to just entrepreneurs or really leaders in general, um, what I found initially is that we seem to have lacked, uh, lacked control of our business. So our business has a tendency to take us over. So it could be you don't have enough time. It could be that your market is moving and we've had a lot of market disruption. Or it could be overall, you know, it's just you just don't feel like you have a handle on things like you used to. Many times it's because it's outgrown. So lack of control is the first. Uh, the second part is people. And this is probably one of the biggest complaints I hear from folks is, you know, I just can't get the right people in my organization. I'm not sure I have them in the right role for their strengths. Do I have the right customers? Sometimes we have a tendency to settle on our customers, our clients, and they're really not who we should be working with. And then how do we hold people accountable? That's one of the biggest questions, and we have to have a foundation for that. The, Great. Uh, the so, third one. So lack of control yeah. and people, and you were mm-hmm. saying the third? Yeah, the third one is profit. And uh, I can't tell you how many clients I start with, and uh, they just don't have the profit. Uh, one hasn't paid himself in five years. So for entrepreneurs, that's very sad. We, we need to focus on the profitability, not necessarily how much revenue we have. And so being able to get some controls in place for that. And then, uh, you know, hitting the ceiling is the fourth one. And it's going to happen for every business about every three to five years. You're growing, and then all of a sudden, boom, our growth stalled. We're not sure why. What typically happens is that the business has outgrown us a bit, and we have to delegate and, and be better at looking at systems and foundation and processes in order to support that next level of growth. And then the last one is just nothing's working. They've tried the flavor of the day and all kinds of different changes, and it's just the same old, same old, and they just can't seem to get things back on track and grow their business. So that's, a, that's our, what we see as a typical frustration. And so, as you said earlier, that's not just entrepreneurs. That's for many leaders across a range of of businesses and roles. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it could be a leader that's a you know responsible for an operational function within a business or marketing or whatever. They're going to have these same challenges. Their department, or even them, sometimes as an individual, has the tendency to hit the ceiling. You know, we've grown as far as we can, and, and what's next? So before we go into then the benefits of why you should use a system like this, let's talk a little bit more about the traction system. So can you give us the six components uh, to what a great company looks like? Sure. So um, we believe that and have proven it with well over 6,000 companies around the world that you have to be equally strong in six key components. Now, this model was built on simplicity. So it's really perfect for small to medium-sized businesses because they can understand it, they learn it quickly, and then it's also the impact. The results are pretty quick after the really the first session, full-day session with me. They're already having a great meeting and all this. So um, the six key components are vision. That means getting everybody laser-focused on where we're going and how we're going to get there, and most important, how they're going to contribute. It's people having the best people to execute to that vision, and that means the right people that fit our core values, and we have them in the 
a role where we leverage the strengths. Data, that's real factual information in order to make great business decisions rather than assumptions or what-ifs or we think so. Issues, issues are actually things that are holding us back, ideas, opportunities, obstacles, anything that we need to address as a leadership team so that we can keep moving forward. And then the fifth one is processes, and processes are really our way of doing business, understanding what are those six to ten core processes so that we can drive consistency. And the last one we call traction, which is really execution. So it's what are those characteristics that we need to execute in order to make that vision reality, and one of the most important pieces is having a weekly leadership meeting. So when you talk about processes, I come out of a, a more large corporate setting and people who are using enterprise-wide software systems, whether it's SAP or Oracle or whomever, use uh, relatively standard processes coming out and often driven by the software and then they're customized. In this system, do you use standardized processes or you're just saying the company needs to have documented processes? Uh, Really, the company needs to have documented processes in whichever approach that they use. The emphasis on these processes is that we keep them simple, so 6 to 10 we, for each process, we're talking about three to four pages bulleted, and there's also going to be some links to templates and maybe some checkoff sheets. So if it's a task that we do pretty repetitive, then we'll want those checkoff sheets so we don't miss a step. But uh, simple, but just to drive consistency so that employees are doing things the same way. So, so these six components are driven then by the leadership team? Yeah, so um, when I'm implementing the model within the organization, we have a custom way of implementing it. I work directly with the owner and the leadership team, and it's sort of a train-the-trainer. So I teach them how to use it first, and then they start pushing it down within the organization. So eventually, it touches every single person, or they, they they know clearly what their role is, what's expected of them, what they're accountable for, how they're measured, and their contribution. That seems imperative. That, and in consulting that I see often, it is the challenge ranges everywhere from the employee can't tie what they do to the vision and mission to accountabilities are unclear, what they're supposed to deliver is unclear. It falls more into the good, good people working hard rather than I'm laser focused on the things that I'm responsible for. That is spot on. It doesn't matter how small or large the organization is. I, I, I've done a lot of work with uh, very large corporations, and it's the same challenge. And really, that's 50% of employees show up to work and really are not sure what they're accountable for. They just work hard, as you stated, and hope they're doing the right thing. Yeah, and we see that sometimes that's effective and sometimes really not. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so so we've kind of started to hit on it, but why should someone use an operating system to run their business? So what it does is it enables you to really get what you want out of your business. So, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, many of them start out with, you know, big dreams. Uh, they, they want to, they're really good at a product or service, and they want to take it to that next level and become an entrepreneur, a business owner, and, and you know, we're really not good at running a business. So um, I just came back from a huge convention and talking to uh, its franchises. And these are folks who've been in corporate America 
working to uh, start their own business to be an entrepreneur, and those skills do not translate. So running a department, a marketing department in a corporation is not the same as running a small business because you're wearing 10, 15 hats. So using this model enables you to just have, it's kind of like the operating system on your phone. It's an operating system to run your business so that you can kind of keep it under control. And there's a lot of structure, a lot of transparency. So anything that doesn't fit just sticks out and you can address it once and for all instead of just trying to push things to the side and keep moving forward. And what that usually means is a lot of hard work. So it's working smarter rather than harder. So why did you pick this system? It sounds like you were doing something before that was similar that you had created. Mm -hmm. So there was a couple different reasons. Um, I love the fact that um, all the materials and everything is all available to me on the website. I have a community of other implementers to learn best practices. So we're always sharpening our tools. I have a um, peer advisor group that I work with as well. So that was some of the the key pieces, but um, I just love how crisp and clean the system is. And, you know, the fact that you already have an established brand, an established calling, and, you know, most importantly, it works. And, I mean, I have raving fan clients, and when, you know, I, I tell people I change folks' lives, I get an opportunity to do that. That's my purpose in life, and I do that through entrepreneurs and their leadership teams, which trickles down to their employees and their community, and and all the great things. So it, it's really, uh, it's, it's been a very, very rewarding practice. So you talk about it being structured. Uh, people like me are not always so structured. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> not as structured as I should be. What do you say to someone like me who knows we need it but resist? Yeah, so I do run into that, and uh, it's not for everyone. It does require a mental shift, right? So this is this is a paradigm shift for your organization as well as for you as an individual and your leadership team. We have to do things differently than what we've done before, and sometimes I like to say, well, the pain curve has to be high enough. You have to really want to make that change. You have to be willing to kind of let go a little bit, willingness to be vulnerable, to empower your leadership team, and to hold people accountable. So there are some, some skills and things in there that you will build over time. My young leaders love this model because many times they came into this leadership role without having all the skills and tools they needed to be successful, especially your millennials and, and even the generations below that. And so this gives them a nice set of simple tools to clearly set expectations, hold people accountable. So it gives them a nice little system so they understand what it means to run their functional area or their business. And um, I, I think those are probably the key pieces. And the, it's, just a, it's just like the operating system on your phone or computer. It just works for your business. But it's not, a, it's not really a software system. It's literally a model with very simple Microsoft Office tools, Excel, Word, and PowerPoint. Cool. So I think at this point we're going to go on break and we'll come back and dive into a little more detail on each of the components. So we will be right back. And for our guests, our listeners, as as we go on break, a question to reflect on is what kind of structure do you have in your role, whether you're an entrepreneur or working in a large company, and how are you tying vision and accountability and processes together. 
We'll be right back. This is Maureen Metcalf and Rainey Busby talking about the traction operating system. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. This is Maureen Metcalf and Rainy Busby, and we are talking about the entrepreneurial operating system, Traction. So, Rainy, tell us a little bit more about the approach to strengthening each of those six components. Absolutely. So, in order to strengthen the six components, we need to use a series of tools And then we also have to adjust our skills to make sure that we're having the right uh, level of communication. We have the right number of consistent meetings across the organization. It's all the logistics around just running a great company. And um, what I also emphasize to folks, this isn't really for those companies that are really broken. It's for good companies who want to be great. Just kind of like Jim Collins' book a little bit. So in order to strengthen those six key components, there's tools we need to implement. As I mentioned, they're, they're, um, sim- they're very simple. Microsoft Office, Excel, PowerPoint, Word. We need to teach the skills, and then we need to build the solid foundation, which enables us to impact all those six key components at the same time so that we're bringing them up together. Our objective is to be at least 80% strong in each key component, but we can't be really strong in one and then really weak in another one. And so, so that's kind sounds- of the idea behind it. 
So it sounds like you are not only implementing tools, but you're asking leaders to change how they lead. Absolutely. So just looking at things differently than they have before. Um, it's a lot of transparency. It's a lot of empowering people. It's, it's being more of a true leader rather than a manager. Because accountability is really the combination of your leadership skills and your management skills brought together. That's where we drive accountability. So it's really how do we balance those, creating transparency, and then helping people understand how they can contribute to growing the business, be on the field playing rather than up in the bleachers watching. So here's an example of a, a comment I heard not too long ago from a client who said, basically, our leadership team needs to know how things are working. But if we share information with our team, it will lose our competitive advantage. I hear you saying transparency is really important, and I happen to agree. How do you help a leader shift toward, uh, away from, I need to be in control, and toward, I need to share more, even if they do share that information outside of our walls? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, this this varies by client, by leader, right? So I have some that are extremely transparent, and then I have others that are, you know, I only want to show a little, a few pieces. What I find is when you really focus on what your core values are, which is our culture, and you hire people that fit those core values, they fall in love with your business, they protect core values just as much as they protect your business because it's important to them as well. So if you've ever been in a business where, uh, you know, the core values are just, there's somebody that was hired in, they don't fit our core values. They just have a tendency to stick out like a sore thumb. I encourage my clients to get their employees in the process of protecting those core values. So if you got the right people in your organization, the transparency is so much easier. But, it's, you know, I love sports mm-hmm. analogies. It goes back to playing a sporting game. If your folks out on the field don't know the position they're playing and don't know what's expected, how, do they, how can they be in the right place when the ball's thrown so that they can catch it? It just doesn't work. Great. So now let's go back to the six components and go through in more detail. And I noticed that core values is part of vision. So let's start with vision. Mm-hmm. So vision means getting everybody laser focused on where we're going and how we're going to get there and how they contribute. So there's really two uh, ways that we look at it. First one is we break it down. We just say it's eight questions. Eight questions represents a two-page strategy document. So when I said simple, I meant simple. It's not just 30, 40, 50 pages. Each end of that two pages it's, it's broken down into eight different questions. The first one is core values. That's who we are. That's how we behave. That's how we treat each other. It's our culture, right? The second piece of that is your core focus. Your core focus is what's our why? What's our purpose, cause, or passion, right? It kind of touches the heart. And then what is it exactly that we do, that niche, which many people struggle with defining a niche, but I will tell you the most powerful companies are laser-focused on what they do, and they don't try to be all things to all people. We then say, okay, what does that 10-year target look like? It's that big, hairy, audacious, crazy goal we're going to throw out there. We may not hit it, but it's great for your employees to start to see, wow, that could be us in 10 years. And then we capture high-level marketing strategy. So um, it's really not the full strategic marketing plan, which you should have as well, but it's high-level. What does that perfect prospect look like for us? 
both understanding their demographics, their geographics, and then the psychographics. So what's important to them in that buying decision? And then getting clear on, on what's unique about us in comparison to our competition, right? What are those one, two, or three uniques? And be able to, to capture those. And then we start breaking down into more of the um, tactical. So we say, okay, let's create a three-year picture so that people can see what we're saying, 10 to 15 bullet points, right? So we're the top 100 places to work. We've got the right people in the right seat. We've got also all those characteristics. This is a great retention tool for employees. And then we say, okay, well, if that's what we look like in three years. What do we need to do this year to march towards that picture? So then we put together a one-year plan, five to seven smart goals that we're going to execute towards. And then we have this really cool thing we call rocks. Rocks are um, basically the most important things we need to work on for that quarter. So I would walk through each one of those goals in the one-year plan and say, okay, on goal number one, Anything we need to do this next 90 days is so we create what we call a rock. And somebody gets assigned that rock. And so that's how we execute to that one-year plan. And that's where most people are, are kind of challenged. It's easy to create a plan, but then how do we make it reality? How do we execute? So by breaking it into 90-day chunks, which is how the human brain works, we're able to get really good at executing that plan and then make it at our reality so we're marching towards that three-year picture. And the last part is just, uh, I talked about issues earlier, that's just a nice parking lot for issues that we don't want to deal with this quarter, but we don't want to forget about either. So we've got to get all that out of our head and get it documented in a two-page document so we can share it with everybody in the company. So irrespective of the tool called Traction or the EOS, this sounds like the same kind of process I would go through for a large organization, a division or a department in a large organization, that it would be relevant across. Now, certainly, if I'm a billion-dollar company, I'm going to do each one of these differently than you will for an entrepreneur, but similar uh, core activities. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's what's great about this model All of these kind of approaches and tactics have been around for a long time. There's a lot, it's it's really taking nuggets. Gino took nuggets from the different thought leaders out there and was able to, to kind of bring it together and simplify it. So there's nothing new, it's all tactical, basic stuff. And Gino's the creator of Traction? Yes, Gino Whitman. Yeah, he developed it about 17 years ago and the author of the book Traction. Okay, cool. And then shared by all, how do you make sure everyone's on the same page? Well, I encourage my clients to have a quarterly all-employee uh, meetings, spend about 45 minutes, and, and really just kind of communicating, here's where we were when we started, here's where we are today, and here's where we're going. And they share all the elements of this two-page strategy document. So it's all, that's part of that transparency. Now, and it, sometimes they'll take out some of the revenue or profitability numbers, but most of my clients just share it all. And so this is, I'm assuming, intended then to create buy-in and clarity about who's doing what. Well, this is a, really more about where we're going 
And then when we get into the people side, there's a couple tools there so that we help people understand what function they're accountable for. And then that function aligns back to where we're trying to take the business. But so they all kind of start to all these little fingers where they, they start to kind of blend together. So as you mentioned the people side, let's jump into what you do on the people side. Okay. So the emphasis is that we have to have great people in order to execute to the vision. And we break that down into two key pieces. So the first part is understanding the right people. Do we have the right people in our organization, which means that they align to our core values? So when we're expecting to, you know, drive for excellence and customer service is our first priority and those are some of the care behavioral characteristics that we expect of all employees across the entire organization. So the right people fit those core values, right? And then do we have them in a great seat, right? Based on who they are, what are their strengths, natural DNA. So I'm very analytical, I'm strategic, I'm more logical, detail-oriented, you would want to put me in a role where I can leverage those strengths because I just love my job because it's so who I am rather than putting me in a role like maybe a creative role, which I could do, but I wouldn't be great at it. So that's what we mean by that right seat. And we have two tools that we use. Uh, One of the tools is what we call the people analyzer, very simple spreadsheet. And it's a way to list all of our people. And we look at each one of our core values, which usually there's four to six. And we say, do we exhibit them most of the time, about half the time, or seldom? And we need everybody up to what we call our basic bar and above. So anybody that does not fit our core values, we either need to help them develop the core value adjustment or help them exit the company. It's really that that clean cut. The other piece is the people analyzer. Uh, The people analyzer looks like an org chart, but it's really an accountability chart. There are no titles. There are names and five to seven areas of responsibility in every box, and there's a box for every employee. So those are two really key tools. And so I assume you also use this in hiring. Oh, absolutely, especially the core values. So we encourage our people to write a core value speech, and then during the interviewing process, we try to scare people off. Like, you know, we'll say, uh, we're all about delivering the best customer service always, which means we don't leave when the clock strikes five. We stay until the job's done. If that's not you, then you don't want to come work for this company. So you're kind of scaring them off a little bit so that we can really be laser focused on hiring the best people and also leveraging behavioral based interview questions, too. So can you give an example of a behavioral based interview question other than what you just talked about? Yeah, so it would be, uh, so tell me about a time when when you uh, had a customer complaint come in and what were all the activities that you did to follow to ensure that that customer was taken care of? And then you could leave it very open-ended and you just sit back and listen. Many times as interviewers, we have a tendency to talk a lot and we should be listening more. And because if you let people start to tell their story, you can hear the real characteristics, and then you can also hear something that's probably not true to them because it just gets a little sketchy. So using those those ears to listen is a key factor in open-ended questions. Great. Thank you. 
So then the third section is data. Can you tell me a little bit about data? Sure. So um, data, and this applies to every single business, whether you call it KPIs, key performance indicators, dashboards, all those kind of things that have been around for a long time. That's what we mean by data. So we use a couple tools. One of them is called a scorecard. And really what it is is leading indicator activity-based data. So if you think about it from a sales perspective, if I want to close one customer a week, I know all the activity that I need to do to lead up to closing that customer. How many people are in my pipeline? How many calls did I make today? How many face-to-face meetings? How many proposals were submitted? How many deals did we close? So you see the activity leads up to the results. So it enables us to predict rather than react. I like to say it reduces that everybody's hair on fire, right? One person's hair on fire. And so we don't have to worry about when the P&L comes out, which is our lagging, because we've been tracking all the activity to make sure we hit those numbers. So it enables us to predict very simple measurements, and then we set a goal, and then we track it every week, and it's 13-week rolling. So I so assume that, that these are... Template. Mm-hmm. So, so I assume that these leading indicators are associated with each of my key processes that you defined earlier on? Yeah, so there's some overlap with, with all the processes. At least so, one to three measurables that roll up to that, too. So okay. if um, I'm a salesperson, there, I have numbers that roll up. So what other indicators would be an example of something that would be on the scorecard? So if you could be looking at your um, cash and bank, your cash balance, your receivables outstanding. You could be looking at on-time shipments. There's all kinds of things across every functional area. Even at the, even at the administrative level, there's all kinds of different metrics. But it's activity. How much of this do I need to do in order to get these results? Okay, so this is mainly a a measure of activity then? Yes, yes. Okay. Activity is going to drive results. Cool. Okay, so then the fourth area is issues. Yeah, so issues are a good thing. Um, Even though we call them issues, but they're really ideas, opportunities, obstacles, barriers, anything that's preventing us from executing that vision that we defined. And so what we have to do is get them out of our head and all the leaders, every, really everybody in the organization contributes because the people in the front line, they see it all the time. They know that where the inefficiencies are, the things that aren't working. We create a list and then we prioritize that list so that when we're sitting in our weekly meeting, we're tactically working on the most important issues that are holding us back. And we use a process called identify, discuss, and solve. Identify the root of the issue, the root cause analysis has been around forever, right? Discuss, based on all the facts that we just collected, discuss what we believe the best solution is, and then somebody takes the action item. It's either a one-week action item or it's one of those new rocks, those kind of 90-day rocks, to solve it once and for all. Because what we usually do is we get in a meeting and we discuss and discuss and discuss that issue, but we never take the action to solve it and I'm sure you and your audience have, have been in a meeting and you kind of walk out and you're like, wow, that was the biggest waste of time that I'll never get back in my life. 
because nothing got done. We did a lot of talking. And so that's meant to avoid those. Great. Thank you. So this is a great place to take a break. You are listening to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. This is Maureen Metcalf and Rainey Busby. And I would ask our listeners during the break to reflect back on the topics we've covered. So vision, people, data, and issues. And think about how your organization attends to each of these four key topics. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership. Co-creating our future. You're with Maureen Metcalf and Rainey Busby, and we're talking about the entrepreneurial operating system. In the last segment, we talked about the first four elements, vision, people, data, and issues. We're going to now move into the last two, process and traction. So, Rainey, would you tell us a little bit more about process? Yes, ma'am. So, when we talk about processes, it's really our way of doing business. So I, I help people understand, think about it as a franchise model, right? So if you were able to just pick up all your processes and how you create that franchise and you create another one and another one, same thing with your business. And the, the value and the real um, benefit to the leadership team and managers is that it reduces their amount of time in the day-to-day decision-making because the employees can go back to the processes to get direction on what are the steps they should be following or when they should escalate a decision. So every business, 
We like them to, you know, less is more, right? So keep it simple. So we define six to 10 core processes. You've got people processes. You've got a marketing process, a sales process, maybe one or two operations process, maybe a customer service process, right? So we, we define first the table of contents. What are they? And then we get each one documented. This is three to four pages, high-level bullet points. And then we look at what are the templates that we need to reference during that process so that we don't have people hunting around on the server trying to find the latest version of the template that's the most recent one, right? So we look at the templates, and then we also look at, are there any checkoff sheets or any other supporting documents that I need to use while I'm executing this process? And so we've, we kind of create a nice little core processes booklet, so it's documented, but the hardest part and the part that usually gets skipped is that we have to ensure that it's followed by everyone. And this is where the accountability happens, right? So we have to identify a subject matter expert or champion. They're accountable for the continuous improvement. So it's always being, we're always evolving it so that it gets better and more streamlined and more efficient. They need to train everybody that touches that process to make sure that they're very clear on what the expectations are. And then those measurements we talked about in the data element, this is a good place to use those measurements. So when they're not following process, something goes wrong. How many errors or upset customers? So it's really bringing that all together, documenting our processes, and then helping people follow them. So if they're not following as a leader, you need to step in and have a conversation about why and then get it back on track. So it seems like as a business owner, people following process is foundational, and yet I'm imagining the objections you hear like, I know my job, I don't need to document it, or I'm the only one who does this, and I'm continually updating. How do you deal with the range of objections to, we don't need process around here? Yeah, well, usually uh, when we hear those kind of comments, it's from employees that um, like they, they build this little wall around them. I think it's a little bit of job security, right? It's a high risk to the business if we do not have these processes documented because that person could leave, right? Or we maybe want to look at moving them into another job. They also, so it's not really work instructions. That's a little different. It's a little bit more granular. You should have that as well. But imagine how much easier it is to onboard and hire people if we have the processes documented so that they can quickly learn with an objective to have them 100% productive as soon as possible. So there's lots of benefits, but most importantly, it reduces the risk and also drives consistency across the organization. And that's one of the uh, other big challenges I hear is, I, I, you know, we can't deliver our services consistently. They're all over the place. It's because we don't have processes and we're not holding people accountable and following them. You know, I just hired someone before our interview and we went through and and came up with the things she needs to get done in the next week and two weeks and standard stuff. And I realized my processes for her aren't as well documented as I would have hoped and her uh, predecessor left uh, because of a cancer diagnosis. So we didn't just never got it done. So I, I can certainly appreciate the importance of having everything not only documented, but knowing where all the spreadsheets are and where where the work is housed so that we're not recreating something that just wasn't kept current or that we can't find mm-hmm. the latest version. Yeah, absolutely. 
I had one client, and uh, there was like four or five leaders, and they were constantly out hunting around on the server for the latest version of a proposal document. And I, I'm sitting there in the room like, okay, 20 minutes for you, and you, and you, times whatever the value of their, you know, it's just crazy. We're just wasting time and money, and it just it's not necessary. So let's move to the last of the six, and that's traction. Can you tell us a little bit more about traction? Sure. So traction is the execution side of it, right? So it's easy to create the vision, right, get it all documented. But if we don't execute to that vision, then we go through life hallucinating, right? And so we don't want to do that. That's what a lot of companies do. I don't care how small or how large. I've seen it all across the spectrum. And so there's two key elements that we uh, focus on when it comes to execution. And you may have heard of, you know, as a leader, am I working on the business or am I in the weeds of the business? Now, during the execution, you're on the business, which means you are focusing on growing the business, not running day-to-day operations. And so when we, for the, the rocks I talked about, right, I mentioned rocks, I said, okay, those are the most important things we need to work on this quarter so that we stay laser focused. So every one of our leaders will have four to six rocks that they're going to be working on. Now, they may delegate pieces of those rocks, and they're just little bitty projects, really. They may delegate some of that, or they may take it all on themselves, but the leadership team holds each other accountable to executing to those rocks because they're, once again, aligned to that one-year plan that we created. And if we don't hold people accountable to getting the 90-day activities done, that one-year plan is never going to be reality. So rocks are a very key factor. And then the really, this is where all the secret sauce is, all the magic happens, and it's in those weekly meetings. So we have, we call them a level 10 meeting, and it's basically on a score of one being a train wreck and a 10 being an awesome meeting. We always want it to be a 10. We have them across the entire organization. So the leadership team, they'll spend about an hour and a half once a week, and it's the best time they've ever taken to really come together. They go through all those scorecard measurements, and everybody has to say whether they're on track or off track. They go through all the rocks. They say, are you on track or off track? Right? So they know when they walk in that room, they're going to they're gonna get an inquiry about how are you doing on your measurements and your rocks because that's how it's kind of a direct reflection to how effective and successful the company is. And then all those issues that we've been collecting, all the ideas, opportunities, anything that's going on that we need to address, we prioritize them and we spend about 60 minutes actually executing to those issues, knocking them out once and for all, identifying the root cause and taking the action to solve it. And then there's also a little piece we call um, to do. So this is basically a meeting with a very structured agenda. So that we call them little to-dos, and it's basically what you committed to do at the last meeting. And I know we've all done it. You know, you're sitting in the meeting, oh, yeah, I'll call that person. I'll set up this meeting. And then I show up next week, and I forgot. Well, we track them in this agenda so that there's no forgetting. An objective is to close 90% of those out every single meeting. And then we, rate, we go around and rate the meeting. How do we do as a team? So this is not only just at the leadership level. But it's also at each individual department. So each department leader will have their own meeting. And then it's just that it, the magic of it is that everybody, the communication, it uh, keeps everything collaborative. 
It prevents those silos that have a tendency to build up because I'll encourage one functional leader to sit in on another functional leader's meeting so that they can just have a clear understanding of all the activity going across the organization. And so it is, that is probably the most important. And every time a client's off track, I'm like, how is your level 10 meetings going? And they're like, well, I'm like, mm-hmm, that's what I thought. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a key piece. So it sounds like as the leadership team, we have a set of meetings and then each of those leaders meets with their people. And then depending on the size of the organization, those folks then meet with their people. So everyone is in one meeting and depending on how senior I am, I'm likely in at least two. Yeah. And then if I sit in another uh, functional areas meetings, I'll be in three. Yeah, so, but, but look at all the valuable information you're collecting and the insight and perspectives and being able to collaborate across the organization. That, that, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, I'm just thinking through how do I manage my time? How does that break down and look? So not a, not a concern, just kind of mm-hmm. doing the math. Yeah, I've had, uh, I've had leaders come in and say, I hate meetings, da, 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 and now they're my biggest advocates. Uh, and for folks who say, I don't have time, I'm like, you're texting, you're calling, it's a high, hallway conversation, emails, all that's going on. What if you could just sit in a meeting once a week and you'd have 80% of that activity consolidated? Now, is there space in this kind of framework to do it slightly differently? So I'm thinking of in the agile environment where people do a five-minute stand-up meeting instead of an hour-and-a-half meeting, but they do those daily. Does mm-hmm. this framework require that it's once a week or is there a way to do it to modify? You can absolutely modify. The agenda can be modified. Um, we encourage the, the discipline at the at least the first 25 minutes where everybody's got to say what they're on track, off track. But I have clients that have, you know, they'll have special financial review meetings. They'll have, like you said, the morning stand-up 10-minute meeting, operationally, what's going on. So there's other meetings as well, but this is the one where the accountability happens. Cool. So let's take a couple of minutes and recap, and then we'll share your contact information. Absolutely. So um, we talked about the the typical frustration. So um, I encourage your listeners to take a step back and say, which one of those can I relate to? We talked about the lack of control, not having the right people, not enough profit, hitting the ceiling, which means we, we were growing and then boom, and then nothing works, trying lots of different approaches. There's an operating system you should take advantage of. There's lots of them out there. I love this one because it's, it's easy and simple, the entrepreneurial operating system. It's based on a model of six key components, right? We need to be 80% strong in each one of those key components. So we're talking about vision, people, data, issues, processes, and traction, which is our execution, and when you're able to pull all that together and get your people aligned to where you're going and how you're going to get there, you will be unstoppable. Some of our, I mean, the clients are anywhere 18 to 25% growth year over year. Profitability percentages are right on budget. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. So how do I know if I'm 80%? We have a way every other quarter when I'm working with clients after they're implemented, we literally go around the pie, each one of those key components, and I ask them, where were you at when you started on a scale of zero to 100, and where do you believe you are, you are today? And it's a conversation, and then the leadership team kind of 
centers in on a percentage that they believe they are. We also have an organizational assessment checkup that folks can do online. Uh, you can uh, access it through my website, or you can go to EOS Worldwide. Okay, so let's uh, go to how would someone contact you? What What is your re- website? So my website is my name, so it's rainybusby.com. That's R-A-I-N-E-E-B-U-S-B-Y.com. Uh, there's lots of different ways to reach us. Our contact information, you can fill out a form or you can call us directly. I encourage your folks to go to the resource page. There's uh, the five books that we have in our library. They can download the first chapter for free. There's lots of other free ebooks. And if they would like free templates, we give away all the templates. And I just encourage people pick one and go with it because it will make a difference. Fabulous. I, I love that our listeners can get access to something uh, without making a significant investment and, and try before they decide if this is a, a right system for them and, and sign up for larger consulting engagements. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we want them to try it. You know, so, so it's the more companies that are using operating systems, the, the direct impact to our nation, our economy, really globally is huge. Small business is the backbone of many countries. And so getting, getting these businesses operating at an efficient, effective level, that, that's going to make a huge difference. So just like I said, just grab a tool, try it, just even put the meeting in place. That, that'll make a big difference. Great. Thank you so much for making, again, for making this available and for creating a, uh, or leveraging an approach that is so helpful for a range of companies. So in closing, for our listeners, I realize that some of you will be entrepreneurs, some are working in large global companies, and some are individual contributors. Even if you are not running an entrepreneurial business, I encourage you to think about what Rainey's talked about in running a business as an emerging leader, are you doing all of these or all that apply to you? And as a larger leader, do you have any gaps in these areas that you might just fine tune? So how are you doing at tracking leading indicators? Are your processes as fine tuned as you need to have them? So I invite you to update how you're thinking about your own business operating system. I'd love to hear your feedback. Please email me at info at innovateleader.com or connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn, Maureen Metcalf or Innovating Leadership. Thank you. And we hope that you're able to join us again next week. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.